And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, when we have a passion, a mission, a movement from God within our hearts, we need to seek the Lord for definition. We certainly don't need to know every detail, as the Lord will rarely show us the everything up front, but that's what faith is about. But a project from God will have certain boundaries and borders for us to get a hope handle on. Did you hear that phrase? A hope handle. If not, how can we share it with others if we can't get a hope handle on it? Next, it's amazing how many people will help us if, watch this, we ask. Oh, oh, wait. But the reason we don't ask is that we don't want to burden others, or we have too much pride to ask, or we hate the idea of being rejected, or any other series of excuses that will come to mind. It reminds me of an old song, excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. Well, the devil will provide them, or from God's work, you'll stay away. So ask. That would be the answer. And finally, right here in Nehemiah, we get the wisdom of the beginning of a project, especially when we involve others. Nehemiah asks the king for a certain amount of protection and safety. Of course, the king can't cover every nook and cranny. Only God can do that. But for some basics, it doesn't hurt to think safety first, specifically and especially for others who are around us. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavily talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. Wow. You can call us right now. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, it will be Captain Chris who will answer, and then you will be... Sailing takes me away to where I just picture, like, being on a boat, and you're sailing, and and as you're sailing away, you're sailing to a sunset, and it's really peaceful, and it's a lot of nice colors, right? I don't have any kind of Jaws imagery going on there. It's just kind of like the simple, that's what I'm just saying. 
Uh, here's the bottom line. You might have a thought, an opinion, a comment. You might have a question. Any of those will be okay. If I can't answer it or I don't have a good answer, you'll get the answer that I gave Al earlier today. I don't know. <laughs> because you know what? I don't know everything. I only know him who does know everything. And that's what I need to know. Uh, bottom line is you can do it for praise reports or prayer requests or even Bible trivia. What kind of Bible trivia? Like this one, which disciple said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I will not believe it. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I will not believe it. Who said that? If you think you know the answer to that, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. That is also available for you as well. Uh, one thing we are going to do, believe it or not, is we're going to pray before we do any of the uh, other stuff. Because the one thing is I've been praying for everybody that we really don't want to carry in to this next year. Now that Christmas is over, we're getting ready for New Year. Is we're just we're really going to pray this. I want everybody to be with me in this. We're going to pray against carrying or hanging on to bitterness. Okay? So let's do it as a group and just pray. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Father, as we move forward every day that you present to us, that we move forward in such a way as to let go of pain and let go of anger and let go of hurt and allow your healing to touch us. Now, that doesn't mean we don't feel stings and that doesn't mean we're not normal people like you created us to be. Please, Lord, don't let us carry these deeper stains and these deeper pains deep within ourselves so that it affects us and hurts us. It's not regarding the other people. It's regarding us carrying them too long or too deep. Allow the great gift of forgiveness to swell up into our hearts and minds and let us walk and operate in a true sense of kingdom forgiveness not worldly forgiveness but kingdom forgiveness help us to do that so that jesus we can be just like you and jesus in your name we pray amen and amen <clears throat> so i've been praying for everybody and I, you would believe i just getting this like people are going to carry in too much baggage and it's like don't it's there's already going to be challenges don't 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 bring more I want to bring more trouble into my life. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Okay, don't do that. All right. That's pretty, that's pretty straightforward, right? Okay. All right, we did that. We did that. We got our trivia question. I feel so sorry for this guy. Uh, trivia question. What disciple said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I will not believe it. He's just not going to believe it. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, uh, reach out to us by text 214-210-8483. And then uh, as well, you can send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. We're going to go into Nehemiah, uh, this wonderful portion that I know this is going to sound weird. And we do have somebody calling in, so I'll take that call first. But we I know it's going to sound weird we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about people needing some parameters. Listen to what I'm saying. 
in the visions or things that God has put in your heart. Needing some boundaries, and if it's not, if we're not going to use the word, if we're not going to use the word boundaries, maybe needing some borders. Remember in Scripture, in Acts chapter 17, it says God established the borders for every nation. If if the Lord puts something in your heart, something that is uh, important, something you want to accomplish. Uh, maybe it's a ministry that the Lord's birthing inside of you. Maybe it's a specific prayer ministry that the Lord's putting into your heart and mind. Maybe it has to do with witnessing. Maybe it has to do with really, I'm going to read this year, I'm really going to reach out to this person, whatever the case may be. There's nothing wrong and everything right with that, but the Lord will give you some uh, uh, guideposts that will help you get there. And what's important about those guideposts is that they're from the Lord. In other words, the Lord doesn't want you just, you know, winging it without having any kind of direction. Or He doesn't want you just, you know, flailing around. Jesus had a mission, and he fulfilled his mission. And the Lord may put a mission in your heart this year. It could be something superbly uh, or profoundly personal. Uh, this year, I'm going to you know, have more time with the Lord. It could be something of, I'm going to spend more committed time in prayer for these people or for this situation. I'm going to be really devoted to, to, to making that happen. It could be something as simple as, you know, I'm going to find a way to reach out to this person, or I'm going to find a way to minister in my church, or I'm going to find a way to participate in this ministry. Any of those things are valid options, something the Lord puts in your heart. The Lord just doesn't want you to say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm just going to do it, and then I'm just going to leave it there, and I'm not going to say anything. I want to help you with that in this context. That's like saying, hey, next year, I'm going to I'm gonna get healthy and lose weight. Okay, cool. What's the plan you're going to use? I don't know. <laughs> you need to have something more than the I don't know is kind of where I'm going with that. You need to have something that says, this is going to be a step, this is going to be a step, and this is going to be a step. And the Bible talks about making plans and making those plans in the Lord. The Lord may have put something on your heart, and maybe it's birthing a ministry in your church, or maybe it's your own ministry that that, that branches out. All of that can be. All of that is valid. All of that's terrific, Okay. But there will be some parameters. There will be some boundary lines. There will be some things the Lord will give you that will help you to reach that place. You're not just going to say, I'm going to do it, and then there's nothing more to it. The Lord won't tell you everything about it, but he will give you what we call hope handles and ways to gauge and move forward. So, for example, I'll give you an example. For somebody who says to me, Dave, I really want to spend more time with the Lord in 2022. I just really want to do that. Then what I would respond is you need to separate a certain amount of time to spend with God, not haphazardly, not every so often. You need to say, nope. From 6.30 a.m. to 6.45, I read my Bible. I mean, you got to have some parameters. you got to have some guidelines. If it's, if it's going to be true when we're talking about exercise and making New York resolutions and so on and so forth, how much more is some of that true when it's in the kingdom of God? There's going to be certain disciplines. Oh, he said the word discipline. There's certain disciplines that you and I exercise that will enable us to seize upon that which the Lord has set before us. And it's like you got to do that. And so that's exactly what happens with Nehemiah. I didn't get to really read the text, but let me just say, the king sat with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long are you going to be gone? When will you return? So the king agreed, and I set a date for my departure. You know what Nehemiah had? He had a handle on what he was trying to do. Before the Lord. You see? Before the Lord. 
And he operated in it. All right. We're going to take our break. But I do got to tell you what. I got to answer the trivia, right? They answered the trivia, by the way. That poor guy, Doubting Thomas. I'd just like to have your name and then have the word Doubting before it. It's Doubting Dave. That's a bummer. I think he's getting a, a bad a bad rap there. Anyway, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. As promised, we are going to now uh, have our interview with the Apostle Peter. We were fortunate uh, enough to have an interview uh, a couple weeks back with an angel from heaven, and now we've been given permission from the powers on high to go ahead and have an interview with the Apostle Peter. Peter, thank you so much for uh, taking the time for whatever's going on there in the heavenly realms and uh, talking to us. Well, Dave, you're welcome. I'm real glad to see that people are carrying on the work of loving our Lord Jesus Christ and advancing the kingdom. And I'm very, very, very pleased to see that the radio station is moving forward in advancing the Lord Jesus Christ in his lordship, both in uh, personal lives and in corporate lives. It's a great thing for me to see. Well, thank you, Peter. Uh, that's great. And uh, so I guess I want to ask you some basic questions. I'm really breaking this uh, interview down into two separate sections. The first section is kind of before the resurrection, and the second section is kind of after the resurrection, after the ascension. Okay, Dave, that'll be fine. I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, probably unknown to you is that uh, we know exactly where this is going. Well, Peter, I don't want to say that that's kind of scary, but okay. Here's uh, my first question to you, sir. Uh, what are you absolutely the most proud of as a disciple and as an apostle of Jesus Christ? Well, David, that's a great question. The thing that I am absolutely the most proud of was the moment that Jesus asked all of us to identify who he really was. And it was at that moment that I was able to say that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's the actual rock that the church has been built on. I think some people thought that the rock might have been me myself, but it was my confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It is that statement of faith that the church has been built upon and that the gates of hell have never nor will ever prevail against. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I think I just sent a text for somebody to the wrong person because I am brilliant. <laughs> is it Monday? Mon- is it Monday all day, though? Is there a point where I drive home and then it becomes Tuesday at any point? No? Well, if you wait long enough. Uh, <laughs> I sent my text to Steve that I was supposed to send to Al. Steve, ignore that last text. That was for somebody else. Okay? All right. <laughs> That's what happens when you do it uh, the way we do it. All right. Uh, here we go. Who said to Elijah? Who said to Elijah? Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. Who said to Elijah, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye? Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase.org. So in order for me not to have to resend these uh, texts, Steve, I did not mean to send you that last text. Al, I meant to send you a text that said, good question, lousy but honest answer. (laughs) It's just just, easier. I mean, there's so many coming in. It's the best I can do. Uh, All right, so that's our trivia question. Got that rolling. Now I have, uh, uh, we still have humor. You know, you still, I know it's hard to believe, but you're still allowed to laugh so far that we know of. Uh, Let's see. uh, Good. You ready? You got the buzzer ready? ready? Okay. Here we go. If you don't think these are funny, I might not disagree with you because one of them is not that funny. Here we go. After the birth of his baby brother, a little boy was thoroughly annoyed at all of his baby brothers crying and screaming. Where did we get him anyway? He asked his mother. He came from heaven, his mother replied. Well, I can see why they threw him out, replied the boy. There you go. Uh, Here you go. Oli and Lena. (laughs) You like jokes with Oli and Lena. There we go. We're sitting side by side on the pew listening to the pastor go on and on with his sermon. Lena looked over and noticed that Oli's eyes were closing. She elbowed him in the ribs. Wake up, Oli. What are you doing going to sleep during the sermon? I was not asleep. I was considering the great hereafter, whispered Oli. He's not talking about heaven, said Lena. I know he's not, said Ole. I was thinking about coffee and donuts we'll have here after this. (laughs) Okay, here's the last one. (laughs) The cash-strapped church was doing all it can to save money. The uh, The altar guild proudly reported that they had saved $5 by washing the linens by hand rather than by having them dry cleaned. Great, the pastor said. Do it again. <laughs> see, do it again. Wash them again. Okay. All right. Just let these. Okay. Did you get it? Took a second, right? Took a second. That's right, folks. Okay. Well, you'll repeat this one more time. Steve was not the text for you. Al, I missed the text. All right. Here we go. Let's get to the next portion of the scripture. It has to be Monday afterwards. It just has to be. Uh, here we go. So I'll take it from the beginning. The king was with the queen sitting beside him, asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? So the king agreed, and I set a date for my departure. I think the real key in that is 
Projects need definition. Missions need definition. Purposes and plans, visions, they need something. I call them hope handles because they're good ways to kind of think of it. If you are in a planning course, you would understand that you'd have to have uh, immediate, middle, or intermediate, and then long-range goals, and you kind of evaluate by that. That's pretty much how stuff like that gets done. But the Lord's going to do something in your life. He's going to walk you through and teach you and grow you, just like he did to Moses as Moses became as great a leader as he became. I also said to the king, if it please your majesty, give me letters to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judea. Now watch this. I'm going to share something with you I have never shared on radio before. So I'm kind of hesitant, but now I'll give it a roll. Do you know what happened? Nehemiah saw this was going pretty good. He had prayed for favor, and he was getting it, and he had some definition. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what this ministry was going to be about. He knew what he was going to try and accomplish, which had to do with the restoration of Israel. And so the king was being really nice. The queen was being really nice, and it's like, well, I'm right here. I might as well, right? And then you know what he did? He asked the king for help, for additional help. Now, I want to address that because it is very hard for some of us to ask for help when we need help. And I ain't talking just about finances. I'm talking about life. It is very hard to ask somebody to help you. It's even harder to ask somebody to help you with a vision or a mission when you have the burden and you're like, I don't, I don't even know how to communicate it. And so when I was planting the church in Flagstaff, Arizona, I had, this, uh, I had a couple of core people at the church, and I didn't know what to do to get other people maybe a little closer to my mindset in regards to carrying the burden, trying to get this stuff done. And Flagstaff, a lot of spiritual warfare in Flagstaff. It's a tough, tough city. And so I was counseling with this pastor. His name is George Rayburn. He you know, was trying to get some input from George. George and I had—he's uh, uh, the one that sent the church out and kind of set us up to get going. And George and I have a you know love-hate relationship. We have a lot of disagreement about church authority and so on and so forth. But he was you know especially kind in helping us get established. And I said, I'm not sure what to do because I'm in this place where I don't know how to—I can't do this by myself. I need help. And he said, well, do you have somebody there that, that you think could really do a pretty good job of helping you, like coming alongside you? And I thought, yeah, actually there is this one guy who used to be a pastor. He's not a pastor anymore. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. He's got the greatest spirit, super nice guy. And George said, ask him to help you. Now, I'm going to tell you now that the three things that went through my mind immediately was, ask him to help me. I don't need help. That was number one. Ask him to help me. What if he says no? That was number two. Ask him to help me. I've never done that before. <laughs> that was number three. And I thought, you know what? I've never done that before. So I had him over. We had coffee. We talked. And I said, would you help me build this church? And he said, yes, I would love to. 
And the fact that you asked me tells me that, you know, where your heart and mind is at, that you're willing to grow and change and alter. And I thought, that was the easiest thing. (laughs) I kept thinking, I should have been doing that for years. What's wrong with me? But there's so much arrogance, so much stupidity and all the other stuff. Just asking for help. And I know it just sounds bizarre, but it's important. It's important that we don't allow pride to stop us from doing stuff like that. And it's important that we, we – I know we don't want to be a burden to other people. Who Nobody wants to burden other people on purpose. But other people cannot help if we do not ask. And it's about moving past that – what's the word I'm looking for? It's past the pride and the not knowing and this, and just being genuinely sincere that you need work or help to do what you're trying to do. And not only is there nothing wrong with it, but there's everything right with it. And it's scriptural a hundred times over. And my my point in telling you that, and uh, and and Bill was a huge, a huge blessing for the church. By the way, he was the. Uh, absolutely enormous. I mean, he blessed the church in ways I could not. And it's like, see, you know, that's, that just shows you that you got to uh, open that door up for, for other people to participate. But the reason I'm bringing it up, the reason I'm making this a deal is because in this situation, Nehemiah, he, things were going good. He was all set. He could have just kind of walked it out there and he'd been done. But he's like, you know, I could use this one other piece of help. And he drops it on him. And he gets it. He receives what he's looking for. And my point in telling you that is don't be uh, don't be hesitant to ask people to help you in that. And that's why we encourage people, hey, if you need prayer, make sure you tell us. We'll pray for you. That's why we need to do that because, one, you can't run everything by yourself. And Jesus made that absolutely clear. Even when he sent the disciples out, he sent them out two by two. Okay, So you don't do stuff by yourself. you gotta have got to have help. Got to have a friend. Got to have a partner. Got to have somebody doing it. That's number one. Then number two, don't be so arrogant that you think you just do everything on your own. Okay? I do that way too much, and it's just a disaster. It's terrible. Right? It's like, I who has to end up doing the work at the last minute? I do, and it's done poorly. And it's like, what an idiot. Right? And then the last part about that is, remember, Satan doesn't want you asking anybody for help. Because that just spreads the mission for God. But you know what's an amazing thing? People are honored when you ask them to help you. They're blessed. It's like, yeah, that person thought enough of me to ask me to help. And that turns out to be a blessing. All right, in regards to the trivia question, who was it that Elijah... Uh, had said that to who? Who? Who was it that said that back to Elijah? Who said, "Let me kiss my father and my mother good- goodbye." That would be Elisha. Said that to Elijah. Get that difference? Elisha said that to Elijah. Get it? Okay. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KWAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, 
and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit. And David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I don't. I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled, or he was lame, he couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? What? And he goes, you. And he, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Couple things to tell you, but we do have a trivia question that we want to. Oh, we want to start with this first. Let's see if you guys can remember. Now we already kind of covered this uh, a little bit. Yeah, we did cover that, so we're going to actually dump it into a second question. Who explained to the crowd at Pentecost, these men are not drunk, as you suppose? Who said that? These men are not drunk, as you suppose? Who said that? If you think you know the answer, then you can reach out to us, 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Also, that leads us to our website, which we want to encourage you to check out. On the website, we are in, what are we, we're in the 27th of December. 
We have the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th for raising enough funds for everything to be copacetic. So if the Lord puts it on your heart or at least pray for us, for somebody to have it put on their heart, that we can have a little bit of extra finances coming this week, that would be awesome. And I told you, now this year I'm going to stop apologizing for asking for money, okay? We need money. If we didn't need the money, I wouldn't ask you. Just that simple, okay? So if you want to give uh, you know, a boatload, I'll ask less. That's how I'm going to do it. I don't know any other way to go about it. Uh, please check out the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, here we go. Uh, trivia question, which three men, which three, I'm sorry, wrong one. Man! This, is this Monday? Is it still Monday, Chris? Is Last it time still? I checked, I think so. Who explained to the crowd at Pentecost, these men are not drunk as you suppose? That's the trivia question. If you're lucky, I'll repeat it correctly some other time. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, if you think you know the answer who that was to... Who explained to the crowd who that was at Pentecost? These men are not drunk, as you suppose. Probably thinking, well, what's wrong with Dave? Uh, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call if you think you know the answer to that trivia question. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And then the email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Okay, let's do history or we're going to be in trouble. Let's go. All right, uh, there's two things that are interesting here. Today is make a cutout out of snowflakes. Make cutout snowflakes day. You know how you make those little snowflake cutout things, and then you just do the little scissories things? I did mention as we were doing the gift wrapping from last week, right? I am so bad at scissors. I cannot believe how lousy I am at scissors. I I heard my wife, she was wrapping presents or something else. It's like, I'm sitting there going, And every time I'm doing that, it's never straight. It's, so, it's like I failed at scissors or something. It's so weird. Uh, it's also National Fruitcake Day. How is that possible? Because after Christmas, there's always still fruitcake. And uh, there's a theory going on that there's actually only one fruitcake in the entire world, and everybody just shares it, and they don't know it. I don't know. Here you have uh, 1844 on this day. The first dental use of nitrous oxide was used in Hartford, Connecticut. Have you ever had to have uh, gas when you were getting any kind of teeth work? Never the gas, but okay. uh, even the shots. Oh, the, plenty of the, the Novocaine shots. The gas is okay. I mean, it has its moments. Makes the doctor seem funnier. Uh, 1904 to Peter Pan, a play by James Berry premieres in London. 1932, Radio City Music Open uh, Hall opens for the first time. Finally, 1947, Howdy Doody, a children's television program, makes its debut. It's Howdy Doody time. It's Howdy Doody. Okay. That's why people listen to the show. They like the nostalgia stuff. That's what it is. All right, we did that. We did that. Let's get into the next section. Not every show is a perfect show. Wait, not any show is a perfect show. 
Let's get into this next section. Here we are in Nehemiah chapter 3. We'll pick it up from verse 7. This is something, I know that this this teaching is going to be a little bit different, but I think it's important uh, from a practical point of view. And then I'll tell you what happened to my daughter, and I think you will understand uh, why we pray safety over one another. Okay, and then why we pray for traveling mercies and things of that nature. So in Nehemiah chapter 2, sorry, chapter 2, verse 7, he said, I said also to the king, if you please, majesty, give me letters to the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, uh, instructing them to let me travel safely through the territories on my way to Judea. And please send a letter to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, and instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make the beams and the gates for the temple fortress. For people that think, well, there's no real biblical reference to traveling mercies, wrong. It's right here. I mean, he's absolutely praying uh, uh, to the Lord and asking the king for a letter to give him travel mercies and travel safety. So, yeah, wrong. Okay, it is there. It's in Scripture. It's fine. Okay, and asking God to keep people safe and things safe is normal. And in fact, it's Isaiah chapter uh, sixty-eight, verse twenty, that talks about God saving us from multitude of deaths. And so the idea behind this is to understand that God does create safety. Now, the king was going to provide some safety, but God's the one that's got to cover it from left to right. And I've had multiple things happen to me in my life, and I bet you've had multiple things happen to you in your life, where somehow. The grace of God enabled you to not feel the fullness of a disaster, an impending disaster. So when Annika and Neil came over, they were sharing a story about how the Lord had kept them safe on the road. They were sharing that with me and Captain Chris. And it just made me think about like this text and how different times the Lord has brought safety into all of our lives, times we can't even, uh, sometimes don't even remember, maybe don't even appreciate to some degree. When Joshua was a young boy, my, my uh, eldest was really young, he hit his head on the corner of a table, a pointy table, and... Uh, uh, well, I could explain that that could be the problem, but anyhow, I had to take him to the hospital. So going to the hospital, and this is on Beardsley, Union Hills, Beardsley in Phoenix, Arizona, before there was any development out by 23rd, 25th, 28th Avenue. And so going down Beardsley Road, probably about 51st Avenue, no houses, no li- just streetlights, no houses, no anything. Start the car as the light turns green, right? And I immediately slam on the brakes. I just, uh, like I, I hit to go, and then uh, like, uh, three seconds later, a car with no lights on shoots through the intersection going about 75 miles an hour. What do we call that? Traveling mercy. <laughs> Big time grace. You think, wow, you heard it. No, I didn't. You saw it. No, I didn't. (laughs) See, God graciously protects. And I think it's important for all of us to be praying for that protection for one another, especially in a world that has a lot of satanic rule and influence, and most of that satanic rule and influence doesn't appreciate your Christian faith. And so you should be aware of that. And sometimes the Lord has to deliver us, has to bring about safety into our lives. I'll tell you something. I'm not going to go all the details. I'll just tell you this happened. This Christmas, the day before Christmas, Julianne had an incident where somebody was in the backyard of her house that she didn't know. 
And she, it was, she was there alone with Easton. Her response was a very weird response. She went up to the door and smacked the door and said, go away, you're not supposed to be here, right? Which is, okay, she's in Tennessee. Normally it would be, I'm going now to the uh, bedroom and I'm going into the closet and I'm going to pick up my Winchester and I'm going to go back over there and go, right? I mean, it's, I'm just saying, don't get mad about it. It's just like that's that's a, probably a much more normal response for people who live in the area she lives in Tennessee, right? But instead she went up and she smacked the door and commanded him to leave, right? And then she was after that. Then she freaked out. She called me. We're talking on the. She called the police. She called me. We're talking on the phone. Okay. Did, did he leave? Yeah. You're doing all right. Yep. Doing fine. Da 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 da. But you know, tearful, but doing great. Fine. It turns out that the person went that was in the backyard had autism. Right. And the Lord was the one who had her smack on the door and command him to go away. Because if she had done the regular Tennessee thing, that'd been a disaster. But God brought safety and protection. You think, well, why are you bringing all that up with Nehemiah? This is what Nehemiah is looking for, protection. Protection from weird things that can happen. And I'm not saying that in that case it was the 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 uh, autism child's fault. What I'm trying to say is things happen, and we need God's grace to protect us through that. And all I'm asking you to do is consider how many times God has saved you and you do know about it, but you never kind of share that story with too many people. I had a guy tell me this one story, and I'm just going to close with this. His name was Harvey. He was in the Army. He was driving, and he fell asleep, and he was heading towards a cliff. And a voice woke him up and said, Harvey, wake up. He woke up, and he saw that he was turning away, and then turned the car at the last second so he didn't go off the cliff. See, that's, that's God providing safety. Get it? That's what Nehemiah was looking for. All right, your uh, trivia, trivia, trivia. Uh, Peter was the one who said, these guys aren't drunk, even though the people are going, are you sure? <laughs> Peter goes, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9.15. Okay, that was the answer. Thank you for saving me, Captain Chris. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am. But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not an impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment, God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing, it's a miracle. Exactly. And, and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, have, he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. 
being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a, a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for the next trivia question. Not necessarily... An easy question. But then again, not that hard. Uh, who said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables? Who said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables? Who said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. We're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. We've done not, there's so many things I could just <laughs> fill in there. But let's go ahead and play our Hebrew word sound. There you go. Dreidel. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> if you grew up this way, you would understand. Uh, in Psalm 50, 150, verse 6, it says, Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The word breath is nishama, shama, nishama. It's breath, breath of life, breathing, 
person, breathing into a person, living soul. The word first appears in Genesis 2-7 where God breathed into man's nostrils the nishmat chaim, the breath of life, and man became a living being. So nishama, and then you've heard of the shema, shema Yisrael, that breath, that's breathing in, that air, that's the Hebrew word. Yeah, we don't get to do that very often. That's kind of fun. All right, cool. We'll start doing that more. I think the Hebrew words sometimes are more fun than the Greek word because I'm Hebrew and I get it. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that honest? Okay. All right, uh, trivia question is, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Who said that? If you think you know, you are able to reach out to us, 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. All right, I'm going to close this little section out. It's a very interesting section, I think, that Nehemiah has this engagement. I'm going to read the whole thing, but I want you to catch this very end. The king and the queen sitting beside him, the king with the with the queen sitting beside him, asked, how long will you be gone, and when will you return? So the king agreed, and I set a date for my departure. I also said to the king, if it please your majesty, give me letters to the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through these territories and on my way to Judah. The, and please send a letter to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it. In making beams for the gates of the temple of the fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. Ooh, 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 ooh. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Okay? So what we're going to do is we got somebody calling in for the trivia. We're going to answer that, and then I'm going to come back, and I, and I want to—this is like the close of this little segment. I want you to see the three areas of concentration that Nehemiah had so that we don't get too, uh, too overly spiritualized in our brains. Okay? So ready? Here we go. Fire away. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Hi. Did you have a good Christmas? I did, Mary. How was yours? I was fine. Tell me, um, East, East, uh, the little boy, Easton, is that his name? Yeah, Easton. Your grandson. Yeah, he's had a yeah, few. Yeah, is he doing better? Is he doing better the last time I listened in? Yeah. He was having um, more... He... Um, Seizures. Yeah, he's had a little bit of a struggle the last couple of days since Julian's had the they've had the trial of trying to do their best in the situation. They had a, a doctor's appointment today that they had preset, so they're they're happy that they were able to get through to that point. And I'll get an update sometime later this evening as to how he's doing. Okay. So I'll share well, that. I don't tomorrow. I don't have computers. You mean on a computer when you say that? Yeah, I will let you <laughs> know. It's going to be on the radio. Yeah, but, um, I, I, it will be on the radio. you let us know tomorrow. Yeah, I will. I'll share it tomorrow, and I will tell everybody what the update is once Julianne gives me the update. Yeah. And then we can all keep well, I praying. hope it's good. I hope maybe they're able to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> maybe increase the medicine or do something. Yep, I agree so. with you. All right, Mary, it, it, you ready to answer the trivia question? 
not really, but I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> I like it. All right. I, it, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Who said that? I am saying it was probably Paul, the apostle. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. Before he said that, who were the big, what was the big group? Use that same word, but use it in the plural. There were how many? There was 11, and they replaced one with Matthias. Then how many were there? Oh, so were there 12? Yes, there's the 12 apostles. It was the disciples, oh, but it was the 12. Saying, that was just one person. Yeah, no, that was the 12 of them. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to stop doing ministry in the word and stop doing ministry in prayer because we're really, really busy because we're helping establish the church right now. So let's pick some people to help out. They asked okay. for people to help out. There you go. Good job, though. You had it. You were on the track. You knew what you were doing. You knew where you were heading. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah, I have I confidence in you. Well, <laughs> well, anyway, nobody's calling in, and I'm listening, and I thought, well, I'll give it a try. So, anyway, it, it'll get better after the holidays. Yes, that's how it always is. I Everybody's know. back home, and... Maybe you turn on the radio and start listening to the program better. You got it. And yeah. I, I appreciate you very much and hope you have a wonderful week this week and a wonderful New Year as well. And I'll give an oh. update tomorrow, okay? Oh, all righty. Well, thank you, okay? All right. God bless. Thank you. And Lord bless you, too. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And so actually, just so you guys can know, it's actually the 12 technically uh, because Matthias then joined them. So some people are like, it's the 11. It's like, no, no. See, in Acts 1, he was already, see, he was already popped onto the 12. And so now it's the 12. And it's like, you might say, well, he's not a lot done with that guy. He was one of the 12. <laughs> That's pretty good. A lot better than I'm ever going to do. Okay, here we go. The last thing I want you to catch from Nehemiah, and I don't want you to get weird on me. And by that, I mean just, just follow what he says. He told the king, look, I'm going to need to make beams for the gates of the temple. This is exactly what he says. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted the request because the gracious hand of God was on me. There were three things that Nehemiah was going to concentrate on. He was going to build the temple of God. He was going to support the city. And he was going to build a house. And you should not think that building your house has no value. That's not true. But when you build your house before you build God's house, now you've gotten into a problem. Now we're into the Haggai situation where oh, you're living in really nice houses and the house of God is, is a shambles. That's not okay. But it's not like God doesn't want you to build your home. And, and it doesn't always mean you building an actual physical home as much as you building a family. It could be any of that. And so I, the reason I bring it up is because I don't want you to think when you're doing stuff in your house, for your house, and for your family, that the, the Lord's like, well, I don't care about that. Of course he cares about that. And he cares about the city, and he cares about the temple. I don't know what city you live in, but I can tell you one thing. Scripture's really clear that whatever city we are living in, we're supposed to be a blessing to that city. You know, the same passage that always says that, that in Jeremiah that talks about, you know, I know the plans that I have you, plans to, to, to give you a future and a hope and so on and so forth. Prior to that, by a few verses, is the portion where it says, I want you to be a blessing to the city. Eh, nobody wants to read that part. 
that, that requires effort. So the idea behind that is to catch what, what Nehemiah is saying. Look, I want to take care of the house of God. I want to be a blessing to my city, and I want to get my house together. And what's the response? The response is the king granted the request. Why? Because the gracious hand of God was on me. God was supporting Nehemiah in Nehemiah's vision in his heart, giving him those boundaries for that, to establish the temple, to help the city, and to build a house. And God was with him in that process. And there's no reason at any point for anybody to think God doesn't care. He cares about all that stuff. I think we need to remember, and, I, and I'll give this credit to, to Billy Graham because he probably should get it. It's, if it's important to you, it is important to God. I mean, that is, that is true. Now, if it's sinful or something else, that's you know, altogether different. But we're talking about stuff that's important to you. And the Lord knows, and he's there with you. And the great thing about that is God said yes. And if God says yes, you know what? It is so. Nobody changes what God nails down or declares. I mean, when God says, this is it, that's it. Moving on now. Go to your next issue, right? All right. All right, folks, you have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.